Hello friends and welcome. I hope you all woke up this morning with medicine on your mind. I know I sure did. My name is Sonia Surya and I am so excited that you're here with me on this unique journey in exploring various medical fields and how to navigate the educational and professional pathways within them. If you're like me and are thinking of a career in healthcare or are even just interested in hearing about different careers in general, keep listening to hear from a real professional about their personal experiences and advice. There is no better way to explore the field of medicine. And of course, if you enjoy this episode and others, feel free to share this podcast with friends and family. My main goal here is to bring as much knowledge as I can to as many different people as possible. So with that, let's get right into our interview for the day. Hi. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Is your day super busy today or kind of, kind of good? Well, I just, just had surgery and, uh, and then had the afternoon at home with the kids. So busy busy with the kids. Cool. That's nice. (laughs) Okay. So, um, I'm just going to jump right into questions. Okay. Um, so first, could you please introduce yourself? So your name, where you're from, where you live now, um, your career, and then like hobbies you have other than work. Sure. So uh, my name is Maxwell Fur. Um, I am an otolaryngologist uh, in a practice called PDX ENT and Audiology in Portland, Oregon. Um, I'm from Erie, Pennsylvania, originally a small town in the northwest corner of Pennsylvania. Um, and uh, my hobbies are, um, well, taking um um, having fun with my family. I've got three beautiful girls and, um, I enjoy doing all kinds of fun things with them. They're, they're pretty little. So, um, we spend a lot of time picnicking and going on little walks and riding bikes around. Um, uh, I have a few hobbies that seem to rotate from year to year. Uh, right now I'm, uh, doing a lot of, uh, uh, luthery, which is basically building um, guitars. Uh, I, I learned uh, pretty recently with the coronavirus lockdown that in my free time, uh, I was trying to get back into playing the guitar, which I used to do a lot and realized I was not very good and uh, and then got into building guitars, which I actually enjoy quite a bit. So a little bit of woodworking there. That's really cool. Um, okay, well, thank you. Um, my first question for you is just, why did you pursue a career in medicine? And when you were around my age, so 17 or 18, did you think you would be a doctor? Or did you have another career in mind at the time? So, so when I was 17, uh, I, uh, I thought that I was going to have a career as a professional snowboarder. Uh, <laughs> because uh at the time, I was doing a lot of snowboarding. Uh, I had been for for years. Um, basically, spent every every winter day I could on the snow, and uh, and had gotten into doing um, some competitions and exhibitions and things, and had even picked up some professional sponsorships. So, so I thought I was going to make a career out of it, and I was going to skip college and be a ski bum out in out in the west. Um, <laughs> alas, my my parents convinced me to, uh, to attend college and, uh, 
with the promise that they would support me in whatever I wanted to do for a year or two afterwards if I wanted to be a ski bum. But of course, in that time, I had matured quite a bit and realized that uh, that uh, I didn't really have much of a future in professional snowboarding as fun as it is. So it remains a hobby. Um, I I thought that I was that I was going to when I when I went to college, I I sort of was anti medicine for a while. Uh, my father's a cardiologist and, and I saw how hard he worked and I just didn't want to work that hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, because he was just seemed to always be in the hospital or taking care of patients or on call. And it really took a lot out of his, um, out of his life uh, as far as the effort. And, and so I sort of fought medicine for a long time and went to a liberal arts college and and basically took courses in everything else um economics uh astronomy art music history writing wow yeah political science um and just to see where where what would grab me and and um and nothing seemed to grab me as much as the science um the science classes that i was taking that i had to take to graduate and and uh and then I sort of came to the realization that that there was there must have been something about the practice of medicine that kept my dad at work um, that maybe he he didn't share with us or that I I couldn't quite see when I was younger and and I, I looked into it a little bit more and and sure enough um, doing some volunteer work in a hospital in in Boston um, shadowing some physicians I I sort of began realizing the things that draw people to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. Um, and then kind of going off of that, how did you end up deciding on your specialty that you're in now? So the, the, the thought process, uh, really was simplified for me by a few upperclassmen, uh, at my medical school who explained to me sort of the, the, the way I should be thinking. And I, I think it's, it was pretty good advice, but, but basically the, what what a lot of us learn in medical school is that is that you very quickly fall into a, into two basic camps the surgeons and then the non-surgeons and mm-hmm. <clears throat> there's something about surgery that just draws people or drives them away and yeah. you know there's something about medicine that draws people the the um you know the intellectual part of it perhaps I, i'm not sure but but um anyway i i knew pretty early on that i was um that I was drawn to the surgery side. And then, and then, uh, once I was, I was thinking surgery, it was really just a matter of picking which surgical specialty. And I was, I was given another piece of good advice by one of my, um, uh, mentors, uh, in, in medical school, who was a plastic surgeon, uh, named John Moore, who has, who has unfortunately since passed, but, um, but he said, look around at the people, don't, don't concentrate too much about the science and the, and the actual technical aspects of the surgery and, and how cool the work might sound to the layperson. You know, you really should just look at the people practicing and, and just see, do they seem satisfied? Do they seem happy? And if they do, then that probably is a good indication that that's a, a specialty that um, fosters sort of satisfaction and happiness and and sure enough there were a few groups of happy surgeons that that i encountered in medical school and 
And one of those groups was the otolaryngology department. They just seemed to be generally satisfied people, very happy with their work and, and also sort of, you know, uh, maybe the, the field of otolaryngology appealed to me because it, it's maybe the, the complicated anatomy and the various organ systems that are involved um, seem to provide a good breadth of, of variety to the day. So, so that, you know, once I got into it, it was pretty clear that, uh, that ENT was, was sort of um, um, fit, fit my personality pretty well. Right. That makes sense. Um, just to reiterate for listeners, I think you said two really important things. One is like figuring out what you're drawn to, um, which could be surgical or non-surgical, or even at the beginning, if you're just drawn to medicine or not, honestly. Um, and then the other thing you said um, was about how happy people are in the professions they're in to see if, you know, that's a good profession to go into. So I really appreciate those pieces of advice. Um, the next question is, I know that you did a lot of extracurriculars. <coughs> Sorry, I know you talked about snowboarding or skiing, or um, but then I know you also did soccer in college. So how did you manage your time and priorities in school? Uh, so it's funny how I ended up playing soccer in college. I, I actually had played quite a bit when I was younger. Um, and, um, played with, you know, various teams and, and sort of played all year round. And by the time I was a senior in high school, I had become pretty burned out from soccer. I had just been playing year round for probably six or seven years and, and was just burned out. And, um, and I, I ended up going to college at a Division three school where um, I figured I'd probably be able to play if I had been recruited or had even answered the recruiting um, communications that they had sent me. But I, I didn't because I was pretty sure I, I didn't want to play. But once I got to college, I, I the bug bit me again. And I, I ended up trying out for the JV team at Tufts and made the team and then was drawn up to the, to the varsity team and ended up playing four years of varsity soccer as the only the only walk-on varsity player that they had. Um, and, um, and soccer season was always in the, in the fall. And, and if you, if you, if I look back at my, at my transcript, my grades were always better in the fall um, mm. because, you know, the old saying idle hands are the devil's playground. So when I wouldn't have yeah. soccer <laughs> to keep me busy, I, I tended to sort of relax a little bit on my, on the academic part of school and, and uh, my grades would slip slightly. Um, but I, you know, we, it was just very regimented. We, you know, we would, we would usually have class that ended around three or three 30 and then, and then soccer training practice would happen until about six. And then we'd go carbo load at the cafeteria and go home and study and go to sleep and then repeat the next day. And, uh, and that's just kind of the way that the fall season would go. And, and the routine I think is good for being, for getting everything done that you need to get done. Right. That makes sense. Um, it's good to, I mean, when I go to college, I know I want to be like on a dance team or have some hobbies to keep me busy. Cause I also think I would go insane and probably not do well in school without some hobbies accompanying that. <laughs> yeah, that, um, that actually ties in to medicine as well. And probably any career that, you, you know, you mm-hmm. have to find things outside. You spend a lot of time and mental energy devoted to your career and it's really important to spend time working on yourself and and doing other things and and it really keeps people grounded the more 
the more active you can keep your brain and other things, I think it's just, it's, it keeps you healthy and, and ultimately it gives you something to do once you ultimately stop working. Right. For sure. Um, okay. So my next question is, uh, what does a week normally look like for you in and out of the clinic? So, um, so I work, um, I work Monday through Friday, um, in, I'm in the office seeing clinic patients, pre-ops, post-ops, new consults, and return patients um, Monday through uh, Wednesday, and then on also on Fridays, or I should say most Fridays. Um, and clinic looks like, you know, I get there at about 7.30. I look at some charts. I review the patients that are coming in that I've seen before. I review some notes that were sent to me by referring doctors and uh, answer some um, communications from patients. And then, and then I see patients starting at eight 30 until about 12 30. And then I take a break for lunch and, and then I get started again in the afternoon, one 30 to about, to about five. Um, and then by the time I'm done documenting my note chart notes and dictating and then doing other odds and ends, I usually leave the office by six 30 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday looks like that. Um, Thursday, I'm I'm in the operating room for a full day of surgery, um, and uh, and surgery starts on on Thursdays about eight thirty in the morning, and usually I operate till about five. Okay, well, thank you. Um, and then speaking of surgery, um, what aspect of surgery? Because I know you said you were kind of drawn to it, so. What aspect of surgery excited you the most and why did you pursue to work in surgery, but also in an office, like a kind of hybrid kind of model that you're doing? So, so ENT is really nice in that there, there's a lot of, um, there, there are a lot of opportunities to treat patients non-surgically, mm-hmm. um, with medication and therapies and other modalities. But then of course, surgery plays its, plays a part and and it's it's just it's really nice to have multiple sort of tools in your toolkit and um you know sometimes have some a little bit more um diagnostic decision making and um and intellectual um, sort of thought process trying to figure out what's going on with patients um i can't speak to other surgical specialties as to you know i would assume there's a certain amount of intellectualism inherent to each part of surgery. But, but I just, I found that, that the good um, mix of medicine and surgery for ENT just gave such a great variety um, that, that it it drew me, you know, the surgery, the surgery element in a surgery felt to me early on very much like soccer, you know, it's, you know, you have to perform physically Um, you, you, and and the rituals of surgery are just reminded me a lot of the rituals of like a soccer match. You know, we would go prepare ourselves mentally and you know, gear up with our, with our cleats and shin guards and our kit or uniform as they, as we, you know, call it in the United States. But, uh, but surgery is very similar. You know, you, you get yourself in, you know, mentally prepared to do a task and you usually have run through various scenarios in your mind before you actually even get there much like you would before a big match. And, and then you, you put on your uniform, which is your scrubs and, and then you go, 
you know, get ready for the kickoff by, you know, scrubbing your hands. And it's a nice sort of moment to be for a little quiet reflection, thinking about the case, making sure you're ready and prepared and, and feel physically and mentally capable of doing what you need to do. And then, and then you go in and you just perform and, and yeah. it's, it just, the parallels just, um, just seemed very, um, uh, very, um, the, the, the two, um, uh, tasks seemed very similar to me. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, and then what is the biggest lesson that you have learned after your time in school, um, becoming a doctor and also in your career so far? Uh, probably, uh, I don't know, probably, probably the, it's going to sound a bit paradoxical, but, but, you know, the, the first lesson is, I think, don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, you know, whether that's asking yourself, am I thinking about this in the right way? Um, am I making the right decision? Am I basing my decisions on good information or, or on whatever my, my personal feelings are about this. And, and, and then asking other people questions, you know, when you don't know something, you don't understand something, you know, are my colleagues, my partners um, have a ton of wisdom to lend. Um, and I, and I go to them and discuss cases all the time. And, and I discuss things with other specialties all the time. And I'm, I'm constantly asking them to educate me as to, you know, with, with regard to things that I just am not very well versed in. And, and so it's, it's good to just, it's like, you know, medicine is, you'll hear a lot about lifelong learning and it's, it's really important that you just continue to have that mentality out of your training right? because it's either, you can never learn enough um, to, to know it all. You know, it's just impossible. Yeah. And then the other thing though, is as I have gotten into my practice, um, I, I've, come to the realization that I'm more capable and and more uh, educated about things than I than I sometimes give myself credit for you know there's this mm -hmm. tendency to second guess and to think that you're that you're going to be discovered as a as a imposter in your field and and that you just you're clearly not knowledgeable enough to be able to yeah. do what you're doing and and it's you know if, if you're if you've been conscientious about your training and and paid attention and asked a lot of questions and didn't sleep through your residency. And, you know, you'll, you'll be well prepared and, and, but you're still going to feel like you're not, um, yeah. you know, I tell trainees or young people who are thinking about going into it, you know, even going into college, you know, nobody graduates from college and says, I wish I went to one more party, you know, but you'll, you'll look back and you say, I wish, wish I'd been able to take that other class I wanted to take that I couldn't because of scheduling or, in right. surgery in a residency the 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 same thing goes you know like I, I wish i had seen one more case or 10 more cases or 100 more cases you know you because all of that learning feeds your fund of knowledge that you then draw from when you're practicing and, and when you're out practicing there's no one else sometimes that you can go to to fix a problem for you you, you just have to fix the problem yourself and you have to be capable of doing that and and that just comes from experience and education so and then um you obviously talked a lot about like advice from those lessons but what is a piece of advice you would have for high school students like me instead of just um like rather than undergrad students so high school students interested in pursuing medicine 
Yeah, the, I mean, I think the single most important piece of advice that I could give is just get out there, see and see how medicine is practiced and see what it's like by talking to people and asking questions and, and visiting with them in their workplace and following right. them around in the office and seeing how surgery goes. And, you know, the, the perception that, you know, I can speak from experience, the perception I had of medicine as a career, even with a family member who was a doctor when, yeah. you know, uh, my perception was not accurate. Uh, you know, I went into it pretty uninformed and, and luckily, um, I, I sort of learned about it early enough to know that it was the right decision for me. But, but I, I think that, that young people can sometimes go into it with a preconceived notion about how medicine looks or works. Um, that's not totally accurate. And, ultimately that that could fall you know you could fall into the pitfall of ending up in a career where you've just kind of committed your life to something that you might actually not really enjoy right. and that and that's a real tragedy and so because medicine requires such a commitment early on it's really important that you just know what you're getting into and that that is easy enough to do by just talking to doctors or administrators or nurses or therapists or, you know, all the ancillary health fields, just learning about, about medicine by talking to people. Right. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, thank you for making time to do this with me. I, I really appreciate all the advice you've ever had for me. So I think a lot of listeners would also appreciate it. So, you know, yeah. I would say that the advice is worth what you paid for it, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you're welcome. I'm happy to do it. And, uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for giving me the opportunity to to pass on some of the things I've learned. Of course. <laughs> well, thank you. I'll let you go back to your daughters now. <laughs> All right. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Wasn't it just so wonderful to hear from such an incredible professional? I truly hope you were able to think medicine with me today. Again, my name is Sonia Surya and I'm from Portland, Oregon in the United States. I'm always open to hearing new ideas that I can try out. If you have ideas for me, want to learn something more, or just want to send me your thoughts, click the voice message button on my profile at anchor.fm slash thinkmedicine or send it directly through the link anchor.fm slash thinkmedicine slash message. I'd love to hear from you all directly, and I'm open to expanding the type of content I offer. If you enjoyed this episode, share this podcast with someone who you think would love it as well. Thank you for being here today, and I'll talk to you again on the next episode of Think Medicine with Sonia.